Welcome back to the pod. New week, new episode, and today we're getting to learn about one of the newest programs and coaches to the NCAA beach scene, Zach Weinberg and Tennessee Tech. Uh, Zach is currently the head beach coach and the associate head indoor for Tennessee Tech. Started with the Golden Eagles back in 2018 before being promoted in 2021 to associate head for the indoor. And then they added the beach program here this past year and was given the head beach coach title. Um, he's also had experience uh, with the USA team coaching indoor and beach for the Maccabi Games in Chile in 2015. And then last summer coached the indoor women's open team in Israel. Um, he's also had experience down here in Louisiana at Northwestern State, and he even went out to the desert for a little bit at UNLV. Um, we're excited to get to chat with Zach, and after the first official year of beach volleyball coaching, what what, what are you thinking, Zach? How, how's it going? It's going great. I'm tanner than I've ever been. Uh, I am loving life in the sand, and yeah, it's been uh it's been a lot of fun. It's been kind of a whirlwind last year and a half, but it's been a lot of fun. Zach, what was it like uh, kind of getting asked? You know, you've been at Tennessee Tech a little bit, and they were like, hey, by the way, we're going to start beach. Um, and we hear that you've maybe done some beach stuff. What do you think about doing that at the college level? Yeah, it was, you know, it was a fun time. We So we didn't add beach because we, I, I guess we wanted to. Um, we didn't, we weren't out of Title IX compliance. So I know that's a lot of, the reason sometimes beach you know gets added um the ovc needed another team and we had five we needed six for the auto bid we were sitting at five after uh, the 21 season or 20 yeah 22 season and uh so we were a team short in beach we were a team short in men's tennis in the ovc tech is kind of the premier men's tennis program in the league and so our ad just reached out to other people and said hey listen we'll add beach if somebody else adds men's tennis, we, we need to make sure that we have these these auto bid qualifications. And so we added beach. We we did that first before anybody added men's tennis, um, which turned out to be kind of a bad deal because no one added tennis. Uh, so the o Tech actually ended up going to the Horizon League uh, for tennis. The OVC and Horizon League kind of merged. That's neither here nor there. But so yeah, like you know, we get called into his office, my uh, my indoor boss and I, and we say, look. This is what we're doing. We're going to add beach. The, the OVC needs it. Uh, I think it'd be a good thing for us. I'd like you to be the head coach of it, and uh, if you're good with that, and you know, we'll go from there. And, yeah, uh, you know, I had I'd coached really coached beach for eight days in Chile, whatever that was, and uh, you know the players at that point knew more than I did. You know, we had a player on that team that was committed to Tulane, um, and then a player who was who was a Cali kid who grew up playing it. Um, so really, they taught me everything, and then I just collected a gold medal because they were better than everybody else there. So that was really nice for for my resume. But yeah, I mean, I I grew up in Southern New Jersey, played a little in the summers, just casually in Atlantic City with some people. You know, when we visited grandparents on the beach. But you know, my my beach experience was very limited, and so it was immediately a challenge that I was excited about because those kind of things pumped me up. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great opportunity for me to kind of get back in like my own lab and just learn and just find something new. Um, not that the indoor side is stale. I still love the side of the game, uh, but it was something really, really brand new that one, uh, I could make my own. Two, I got to learn it from a, a different side of things because now instead of just playing it and knowing the rules and watching as a fan, I get to coach it, make our team better. But three, I knew it was going to be a challenge because no one on our team had played competitive beach before outside of like a one month season that their club might have thrown on. You know, we have a player on our team from Maine whose family um, has a beach court in their backyard and they run beach tournaments in the state of Maine all year. But like that was it. That was the extent of, of our beach knowledge and Tennessee Tech team. So I have 13 players that have played like eight points combined at beach. It was great. Um, so we just got to learn and see everything fun that came with that and go through this last season together and and get better that way so it was a whirlwind it was nice not having any expectations placed on us by admin um, i asked in that initial meeting of you know what is the expectation for our beach program especially in year one but in general and i think my ad's answered you know our expectation of our beach program is that we have a beach program it's like, great there you we go can do that there you go yeah, we can do that 
So, you know, the expectations will change and have changed already. Um, but, you know, for that first year, we were going in no pressure. There was there was nothing that we could have done yeah. that would have been not enough. Um, just having it and being successful in whatever version of success they wanted to define that as was our goal for year one. I think we accomplished that. Yeah. You talked about uh, a little bit about your, your players. They're all transitioning over from the indoor game. Some of them have a little bit of beach experience. What was their reaction when you guys got to announce like, hey, we're, we're going to start a beach team and you guys are all going to be the ones that are going to be playing? Surprisingly, it was 100% excitement. There was absolutely some nerves, um, no doubt. But you know, we weren't sure how that was going to go because you, know, you tell – a team full of indoor players that they're going to have to do something in the spring that they didn't sign up for when they first got there um, or, you know, were recruited there or whatever. And Hey, now we've got two competitive seasons. What are your thoughts? Um, it, it was a lot of excitement. I think some of our littles were like, I, I don't know what this means for me. You know, I, I'm, I'm not an attacker indoor, obviously now I've got to do ever, everything outside. Um, some of our middles are like, oh, I got to use my platform. You know, I'm going to get some sand and stuff. Like, can I just play my rotation and come out? But, um, you know, overall, it was a lot of excitement. They carried that into the season. I was getting questions. You know, I remember we're sitting in, in the hotel at Moorhead State uh, indoor in October, and we had just finished painting pumpkins because it was around Halloween time. And we do that annually. We do a, a big pumpkin painting contest on our social media. But, um, you were sitting there and they're like, all right, if we were to play today, who would my partner be? Like, what would the partnerships be? I'm like, I've seen zero of you play beach volleyball. You have no idea what you're doing. Why are we <laughs> talking about this right now? But that was just sort of the excitement that they had for it. It was, you know, this is going to be new. It's going to be fun. We're going to compete. We have no idea what we're doing, but that's kind of the best part of it. Um, let's go from there and see what happens. So, yeah, it was it was a really positive reaction, which made my job a whole lot easier. I wasn't trying to get everybody on board um, to do something that they really didn't want to do. Yeah, you talked about kind of going in there and, and trying to figure it all out together, getting in the lab. Um, what's the what's the big takeaway after a year? Like, what'd you learn? Would you figure out maybe Thomas Edison wise what didn't work, what did work? <laughs> yeah, uh, what I learned is that I wasted the first month of practice uh, by just not knowing. I'm not going to say not knowing enough, but just not focusing on the right things. I think, um, you know, we, we needed that first weekend of competition to be humbled, but more importantly, to learn what we didn't know. Um, because at the end of the day, we didn't know what we didn't know and we can't train and practice and do all that stuff if we don't even know that we're supposed to be doing that. And so, you know, me as someone who had never coached beach in a team setting before, um, you know, it took me a minute and my assistant who also had never coached it in a team setting before, it took us a minute to figure out how we wanted to best run team practice to get everything out of it. And so we started practicing February 6th was our first day because we had an indoor block in the spring before we got into practice. Um, and then we competed February 23rd or 24th, whatever that date was. But in those three weeks, it was a lot of just, I guess, beach initiation, you'd call it, like just trying to figure out the game from there. But you know, we were, we were indoor players that were playing outside. You know, we weren't beach players. Um, and so we happened to win our first match because we were just a better volleyball playing unit and just more athletic than the team we played. It was, a, I think, a junior college team. Um, we were just we were just better volleyball players. We were more athletic and more talented. And then we played uh, Carson Newman, who's just right down the road from us. And, um, you know, we know pretty well was a very good D2 this year. Um, had a lot of success the, at the small school championships in um, to theirs, but you know, they, they whooped us like just straight up Molly whopped us and it was perfect. It was exactly what we needed. Um, so we lost to them. We lost to Barry college who was the host of the tournament the next day. And that those two losses, but more importantly, just going to our first beach tournament and seeing like hand contact and shot warmups that, that teams were doing over on the net. Like we walked into that. I'm trying to find like, they're asking me what warmups look like. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, let's figure it out together. Like I'm asking, you know, colleagues and stuff like, Hey, what should we be doing? Um, but like, I'm talking to, you know, one of my pairs is on the court and they're strategizing and it's within the 10 minutes and I'm on the court talking to them. And like, I think I hit a ball at a kid and the rest like, nah, coach can't do that. I'm like, well, all right, now I know. Um, so it was just top to bottom. It was a lot of not knowing what we didn't know. 
which honestly was great because that first tournament I scheduled on purpose. Like I wanted to go, I wanted us to be at a slightly lower level tournament, but that we were, we would be in the lower level with them. Like it wasn't like we were just going to go pick up some wins. I wanted to not throw us into the fire right away, but allow us to kind of get kicked around a little bit uh, because we needed that. I knew we were going to need it. And so we were able to build from that. After that, we didn't play again for another month. We had our spring break mixed in there, but the next month was our OVC week, our first OVC weekend, uh, because we actually have a full like conference schedule. I know a lot of conferences don't do that, but we do. Um, we've got a full conference. Everyone's got to play each other the same amount of times. And um, we all do it at one site twice during the season. I actually love that setup, but you know, we were such a different team that second week because we knew exactly what we could, what we had to practice and knew, okay, now we developed a hand contact one up and we're working shots. And now we're not attacking every ball into the middle third of the court. Um, you know, I joked with our team at a practice. I was like, look around, look at the corners of our courts. Like, we don't have to rake them. They're in pristine condition because no one can hit that shot. Um, so it was just, it was, it was the growth tournament that we needed to say, okay, we did this. This was good to get touches. This first month of practice was a good initiation. Now we're going to change everything we've been doing. Let's blow up a bunch of pairs. Let's move some things around and try different things and just change what we're doing and see what, see what sticks. Um, and so that was a, the first two months were really kind of just a big old learning experience of this worked, this didn't, let's never, ever, ever do this again. Let's do this every single day. Um, so it was a lot of finding those balances. Yeah. And so what's that kind of look like now as you're going into maybe not a full year, because you guys are, aren't going to have any beach only this fall or will you? We will not. Yeah. So no beach only this fall, but kind of prepping yourself for next spring, you know, as Michael's done, Michael did both at Monroe for a little bit and um, I'm doing both at Southeastern. So I know that that part of my brain never really shuts off, right? It's always like, all right, what am I thinking about for beach? How am I taking the things from indoor and bringing them over to beach? Like, and vice versa. Um, so how does that, what does that look like for you guys going into this upcoming season? Yeah, I'm, I'm not fully sure that it changes it for the indoor season for the players. Um, there, you know, our focus is going to be indoor hundred um, percent. I think we're going to be a very good indoor team this year uh, with a, a really, really good chance to, to win the conference championship. We were second last year um, and kind of flamed out of the, of the conference tournament in a way that we weren't really proud of and, so that's kind of a big target for us this year. But I think just having the year season, I should say, of you know, beach under our belt will just pay dividends when we get outside. We have three new newcomers this year to our indoor team that will join us in the sand in the next spring. One of them is uh, from Utah, but she has won some beach championships, some beach high school championships. And so like she's already coming in with a little bit of a knowledge base. And then we've got two freshmen who haven't don't have a ton of beach experience but will pick up on it quick their game suits being outside once they learn it and so you know our ability to just get into where we need to go and not build towards it once we start next spring will be a big deal for us because it's not going to be this new novelty anymore you know it's going to be this is now what we do um, this is the standard that we set last year our whole season motto kind of last year was set the standard because when you go into something brand new, it's there's nothing to draw back on, right? We can carry some things into the outside, but we didn't want to bring things from indoor to outside. We wanted it to be its brand new experience and it's two different teams. It's two different sports. We don't play them the same. We don't set up our lineups the same. The coaching staff is different because yes, myself and our other assistant was the, the beach staff, but our head coach, was just focused on indoor. She was saying she stayed inside. And so, you know, it's it's two coaches that are now being seen in a different light, even though there's a, a familiarity there with them. So let's really do our best to separate the, the ideals of the two, not the people, not the volleyball, but just the ideals of it, what the indoor season is, what the beach season is. And so now that we have set that standard, we had some success in the beach. Um, that was a great building block in year one, um, especially winning eight duels, which was, you know, I, I think I set our goal at like two internally, two or three. Um, and there's just, there, there wasn't a, a history of 
or, or precedence of teams winning in our league in their first year. You know, the top three teams in our league want to combine zero duels in their first year. And so we went out and won eight, which I think was an OVC record, or at least tied an OVC record for a first-year team. And so, you know, it was just, let's just go do the thing. And now that we've done the thing, I think that's going to carry a different level of standard and experience into the next spring season. So will it change for the team in the fall? Probably not. But once we get out there, there's going to be a, a renewed sense of, okay, now it's go time and it's not, let's ramp up into go time. It's here we go. Yeah. I want, I want to take you back to that, that first win that you guys had after the first weekend, you guys, you got a little bit um, humbled uh, mm-hmm. and then you go into another week and then you're able to get your first one. What, what was that like? What was it like going through that match? Um, did you guys do two different waves for that one? So like you kind of felt the wind coming and then everyone started yeah. building up. It was awesome. We, so we did do two different waves. Um, and so it was Spartanburg Methodist, I think. And so it was, um, you know, we, we won at the fours and fives pretty quickly. Um, and then we won, I think it was the threes actually was next pretty quickly. And I, I that was the first time I looked at my assistant, Ben Haley. Um, she's since left us, but I said, you know, okay, new feeling for us. Um, now we've got a coach in a match that we already know we won uh, and it's still going. So that was wild, but, you know, that was just a really cool moment. We, we had a team moment right after. It was like, hey, just just take a second because we played back-to-back. We played at, at 10 and 12. Like, so there was no break in between. But I said, just take a moment before we get back out there to warm up and, and realize what you just did right like we just you just won the first ever match in the history of your school's program it's not the first of the season it's not your first it's we've played one match in the school's history and you won it so just like take a moment for that before you go back out there and and get your butts whipped by Carson Newman because that happened um but you know it was just it was a neat moment for us to sit back and reflect and to say all right we can maybe figure some things out out here you know we went two and two the very first weekend and then we went a month later to conference play and we won we did win our first conference match which was awesome uh we beat eastern illinois and you know we got to winning the conference i think winning two matches in the first weekend was like okay this was a a foot in the sand that we needed but like we weren't fully prepared to go all in until we won that first conference match um because that had a renewed sense of like we know these people we don't like these people we got to kick these people's ass right and so that was the, that was the difference. That was the change. It was after the EIU match um, where it was like, okay, this is something we can do. Um, this is what we this is what we're here for. Yeah, it's a it's a unique feeling that first first college dub. I mean, I remember when I was at Northridge, um, that was my first year coaching full time, and we our first weekend was a full JUCO weekend. So we played, I don't know, Irvine Valley, Maricosta. I can't remember all the schools that were there, but. It was kind of an easy, like, walk in, roll the balls out, not super worried about it. And then kind of going out and playing, I think we played a couple NAI schools and a D2 school and built up. And then it wasn't until we beat San Francisco in like a 3-2 nail biter that it was like, okay, we're here, we're doing this. And then, of course, proceeded to um, finish the day out by losing to to St. Mary's uh, 3-2 in a nail biter heartbreaker way in the way that only beach volleyball can do for you, right? You can take your first win as a program um, and it can turn right into a, a boat whooping uh, shortly thereafter. Um, well, and yeah. I like, I mean, sorry to cut you off, but like that's, you talking about the loss right after the win. That was to me, like we had two pivotal moments this year, I think in our season. And that first one was after we beat EIU in the conference opener. We then turned around later that day and lost to Lindenwood 3-2, who, Lindenwood's a new program into our league. They're, this is their first year in Division One. Um, we played three really competitive matches with them in the fall. They knocked us out of the conference tournament. Um, they wrecked us in the conference tournament. That was a great match by them. But we ended up playing them three times in the regular season. And the first two were 3-2. You know, we lost it 3-2 that first night. And we won it the next time we played them a month later. But um, it was that loss because that was our first 3-2 loss. It was our first 3-2 duel, actually. Um, that it was like, okay, this is what, this is what, this is where beach is great because we had two teams that handled their business. Um, we had two teams that kind of got beat up a little bit. The Lindenwood ones were spectacular. Um, a lot of, they were a new program, but those two kids had a ton of experience, very good team. 
Um, and then we had a match where, you know, for the first time all season, we had both teams on the sideline cheering on their teammates, trying to push, you know, push someone to a win. It was under the lights. It was like 8.15 at night in the last match of the day. Um, and we came up short, but that was the first taste of, I did my job, but our team didn't win. Or maybe I didn't do my job and it led to us, you know, losing. And I remember how that felt. Um, so that was, I think, a pivotal one for me. So you're, you know, that talking about St. Mary losing that the 3-2, like that Lindenwood is my, that was the first one that I can hang my hat and say, our season started a turn there. Um, yeah. If it makes you feel better, um, when I lost to St. Mary's, uh, COVID hit about four days later. Oh. And the whole season was canceled, so Seems I had to, to sit on that three-two loss <laughs> for over a year until <laughs> until we got to play again. Uh, but Zach, talk a little bit about how maybe your experience. You started out right at Ohio, where you went to school, and then came down to Louisiana. How you know maybe your experiences there have helped shape how you're running this beach program. I think where I've been really blessed is that I've had some really good people that I've worked with along the way. Um, and so while none of those were, you know, within a beach experience, they were all, I've seen people run very successful programs at different stages of that program's health, right? Like I, you know, Ohio, I was there with, um, with Ryan Tice and we were a top 40 team every year um, as, as a mid-major. Uh, we went to the NCAA second round, I think, two of the four years there we lost in the first round one of the years and so like that was a very healthy program that was winning a lot of matches and he was a first year head coach at that point or first time head coach um, he's obviously well more you know way more established now on the indoor side at Marquette but um, you know watching him kind of learn through that and seeing some of the things he did he gave me a, a great start because I was a student assistant there and he allowed me to do I mean probably from an experience, experience standpoint put more trust in me than most people have in their glorified managers right like that because that's what I was I was a glorified manager and I was doing that in volley but I was sitting in staff meetings and I had input in scouting reports because I was the one coding it and that was the first eyes on it got to not participate in drills because that was illegal but you know, got to enter some balls and just be you know always in the gym and always learning and so I'm very thankful to Ryan for really allowing me to get the full picture of what it was like running a program um, Sean Kirikoff at Northwestern State, who was another, you know, first-time head coach, um, was and still is to this day a, a great friend of mine. Uh, I think he's, you know, I think he's a really good volleyball mind. Um, just I really enjoy conversations with him. But that was again, we were, I was there at Northwestern State in 2014 when we won the Southland for um, what is now still NSU's only championship, and then in 2015 when we graduated all those people and didn't win a whole lot of anything. Um, so, you know, I, I saw how Sean in his first kind of head coaching year managed that, and obviously they got better. Um, had some good years there, and they're still perennially in, in the conversation. I know they haven't crossed that bridge yet, but they had a good run in the tournament this year down in your place. I'm going to put a put a good effort into not having them win another one for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see where you would want that, Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you defended your gym in Hammond, America. That's all that matters, right? I wish so. I could take any of the credit. I wasn't there yet, so. Oh, I'm that's a, right. Yeah, you just got that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a newbie, but hopefully yeah. this upcoming year, you know, I've had yeah. the pleasure of getting to work with Sean at quite a few camps over the last few years or a few weeks, and I'm yeah. excited to see our battles on the indoor side. Just a good dude with an unreal dry sense of humor, um, which is awesome. But you know, runs runs a great program, and then. You know, when I went out to UNLV, it was the first time in my career that I worked with very established coaches. Um, Cindy Frederick and Michelle Faroknesh, who had been married and coaching together for 30-something years at that point. Like, they were both in their mid-60s, and I was 25 like when I got out there. So it was a little bit of a different thing. But, um, you know, just they ran a program great. Like, they just had – it was a well-oiled machine. And so – now, you know, I came to Tech with Jeanette, now Phillips, it was Waldo at the time, but, you know, another first year head, or first time head coach. So I got to take all those experiences with me and come here and help her build it because we've been here the same amount of time. But, um, you know, it, it was just, it's been kind of an amalgamation of seeing what everyone's done and saying, all right, this is what I think could carry over outside. And 
this is what probably can't. This is what I've seen work in a few places now. This is what doesn't. So let's not really touch this. And I'm going to fill in the blanks by asking people that know way more than me about the beach, about where I should be filling in the blanks and what I should be doing there. So huge, huge, um, I guess a mentor and just a sounding board for me this year on the beach side was uh, Christina Adams Hernandez at Stetson. Um, because she was paired up with me as my ABCA mentor, um, which I, I think is a great program. I mean, I'm, I'm on the ABCA board, so I'm, I'm partial to everything the ABCA does. But, you know, I think their match point program with the mentor mentee thing is such a, a valuable piece that not enough people take advantage of. Um, and you get out of it what you put into it. And so I tried to put a ton into it this year on the beach side because I knew I needed it. And I'm very fortunate that I got paired up with someone who's been doing it for a long time someone who made the transition from indoor to outdoor, you know, years ago, but um, has been just beach only for a long time now is, oh, I think she's in the top five of like active NCAA win leaders. Yeah, she's point. pretty close. She's had, yeah. I mean, she's got the most conference championships, I think, of any, any school. Uh, yeah. I think she has won more than Florida State uh, yeah, to she's, date. So. She's a stud and she was incredibly helpful and, and she probably overshared some things with me, which, you know, it's more than likely because she didn't see us as a threat, which she shouldn't have. Um, but that's okay. You know, we knew where we stood. But she was just a great sounding board for me. And, um, you know, I again, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so if I didn't know it, she was my kind of my question taker um, because I knew that she would. You know, we just had very different experiences. You know, where Stetson is as a program and where Tennessee Tech is as a program what our facilities are like, what our climates are like. You know, I sent her a video our second day of practice. We had 25 mile an hour steady winds with 40 mile per hour gusts. And I was like, this is what we're dealing with on day two as a program. Um, she's like, hey, we lost a conference final because we never got to practice in the wind. And then it was a windy final championship day. She's like, that's just going to make you better. Um, so just embrace that. And here I am like coming inside. I, I watched one of my players pass the ball forward and the ball end up nine feet behind her. And I'm like, all right, if you're telling me to embrace this, I guess I'll do it. Um, but this was ridiculous on that day. 40 mile per hour gusts are no big, no, no joke. I had a canceled practice. I can promise you that, right? 25 mile per hour sustained, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> now, we, we canceled practices zero times this year. We had one day where um, we went indoors because we had to. Um, it was like 25 degrees and the sand was frozen. And we practiced in the morning, so you know, 20, 25, 30 degrees with some frozen sand at 545 on a Monday morning. That feels little, real good. Yeah. 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 Sounds a character. Little, it's a little crispy at that point, but, um, but I made it a point for us to like practice through the hell because, you know, in those first three weeks, like we couldn't go indoors, right? We couldn't, we couldn't afford to not have a day in the sand or if it wasn't going to be in the sand to go backwards because I knew that we needed those three weeks to really just integrate ourselves in it and we couldn't have an indoor day. So I kind of pride ourselves on the fact that we only had one indoor practice all year. Um, we practiced through the junk and just because, you know, another, we, so we had set the standard and then our over kind of saying was just get over it. Like that was what we had to do was just get over it. I know you're a bunch of indoor kids. You're used to roofs over your head. I hate rain. Until beach season, rain was my least favorite thing in the world, other than bees and cottage cheese. But like, just <laughs> I hate rain. You know, I got I got over it. Now I don't mind it as much. I played around to go off in the rain the other day, and I was like, "Huh, how about that?" You just got to do it. So you just do it. You go on with an open mind, and you change your perspective on things. But you know, we just we needed that. We needed to be outside in the rain and the in the sleet and the freezing cold. And you know, we had a snow practice the first week, and just it was what it was. So. Yeah, but hey, snow volleyball is coming to the Olympics. You know, you gotta get ready early. We're ready. I think. I think the pipeline probably now starts in Cookville, Tennessee, uh, because <laughs> of some of our early season beach practices. So we're we're ready. Um, uh, I, you mentioned uh, like your your mentor mentee side, um, and all the other coaches that you kind of met throughout the beach season. Did you notice any differences? between indoor coaching staffs versus beach coaching staffs um, when you're at tournaments, when you're just talking to people? Yeah. Well, I, and the one that I'll use is kind of my golden example is um, Jacqueline Wilson and Julia Noah at UT Martin. I don't know if you guys know them or not, but um, they're two, they're both really good friends of mine. Um, but we got to know each other a whole lot better through this beach season. And they're someone that's been doing the beach and indoor side for a couple of years now and having success at both. Um, Martin was 
you know, far and away the class of our league, um, first undefeated season in the OVC this, this year, they, you know, they beat Stetson, they beat Georgia state on Georgia state's home stand. Like they had some success this year and I know how they are as indoor coaches. And so the first time I saw them outside, I know them as indoor coaches and I knew them really well as people, but I didn't know them as beach coaches yet. And so I wanted to see kind of how they were and what that was like and see if what I was doing up to that point, not matched because I'm not out here to match what other people are doing. I'm going to be my authentic self, but you know, it was, it was cool to see them just like they give in to the laid back, but high standard vibe that we were trying to put out um, because ultimately that was what we were trying to create was, you know, let's buy into the atmosphere that beach gives us. We don't have to be something we're not right. We don't have to, there's music playing all the time. We're out here. We're having a good time. We're sitting outside. Let's enjoy that and play well through that. Not say that, okay, we're not going to be that team. We're going to be this team that's, you know, stoic and just, you know, here for business, like it's just not going to be us either. And so I think we were seeing them, seeing the success that, that Martin was having, buying into that atmosphere, their staff buying into that atmosphere. You know, she was the first one, Jacqueline was the first one to tell me that once you go outside, you're not going to want to come back inside. Um, and so I was like, all right, well, we'll see. Right. Yeah. Who knows? And then we go out there and I'm like, I get it. I totally get it. And so they were, a big piece for me of just okay you can you can separate the two you can have because they have a couple beach only kids but the majority of their team is also crossover so you can have crossover kids you can have the same staff and you can allow it to be two separate experiences and really keep the two separate which is what i told our team all year long i want this to be the best experience for you that it can be it's totally something brand new we're all doing it together let's keep those two things separate so they were the ones that really like Okay. And then she became another big mentor for me, but more as like a mentor friend peer relationship um, because we are just so close. Uh, so yeah, UT Martin's got, got some stuff figured out. They're doing a nice job in our league. Do you, do you have any stories? I know like um, first year head coach, first year program, all that. Was there any like real aha moments that like really exemplifies like what you are as a coach and you were able to do it as a first year head coach in a new program. And it's like, yes, this is why I coach. Yeah. Um, for me, coaching is relationships. You know, like everyone says, yeah, we don't coach for the money. And, and that's true. But, um, you know, I, I coach because I love to see the growth in this age person. Um, I love the relationship piece. That's what I pride myself on as a coach. I'll tell people that that ask. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to make you, I'm not going to take you from a good volleyball player and make you an Olympian. I will make you as great as you're willing to put in, but we're going to be really close and be able to talk through the entire process because I will trust you, you will trust me, and we will build that relationship. And I think the trust piece was where I had the most success going outside for the first year because they trusted that I was going <laughs> to make them better in this new venture and not make them look silly. Um, that we were going to get to a place where we could be competitive and that I was going to help them get there. So something that I told a bunch of our players this whole year was that I'm really excited for beach for you because maybe you don't have, you know, maybe you're not having the success in indoor that you dreamed of when you committed to Tennessee tech. Um, maybe you are, and you're looking for something that's just a little bit different or you want to refine your game, but you know, this is a place where you can grow and you can struggle and you can help get you there. So like I have two players that come to mind and I, I, I won't, remember them, but you know, they just, I, I had very candid conversation with them of look, if you buy into this and you allow yourself to go to this place, you will have success. And they actually ended up paired together, um, which I didn't see coming. Um, one of them before the season said, I think anybody in this team would be a good partner for me, except her. And they ended up together. And it was a great partnership. They were one of our most consistent partnerships the whole season. Um, and they just, you know, they thrive together. One of them is someone who just hadn't seen a ton of success on the indoor side. She hasn't been able to really crack the lineup and came out here and thrived and just loved it and sent me a message after. I was like, hey, I really enjoyed this season. I'm excited to carry what I learned outside into indoor season because she's a senior. She wants to finish, you know, in a good way. Um, but regardless of what happens in indoor, like I'm really excited for beach again. And so stories like that are more than 
yes, I get excited when someone has the aha moment on the court or in the sand where it's like, okay, I put it together and this is nice. And now I'm going to be a better player because of it. I'm going to get you better at volleyball. I'm not saying I'm a slouch coach. I think I'm okay at what I do, but I'm going to hopefully arm you with the, the confidence and the trust in yourself that you can go to this maybe next special place that you didn't know that you wanted to go to. And so a couple of those, you know, kids turning that on in the beach season is sort of like a big overarching story of why I coach. Um, because to me, the relationship piece is the most important piece. If, if we don't care about them as people, then they know that we don't care about them as players. I really, really believe that. And, you know, the whole, they got to know that you care before they care what you know thing is a really big thing for me too. And so, you know, getting them to, to buy in and trust is, is really important. Um, we just hired a new assistant who I think is very much along the same mindset. I think we're going to grow tremendously next beach season because he's going to bring a lot to the table. Uh, Fran Bolatino from Duquesne is joining us. Um, that's, it'll be released. Fran, I know Fran. Today. Yeah. So it'll be before yeah. this podcast comes out for sure. It'll, yeah. It'll be probably today, honestly. So he'll, he'll be official at that point. It's already official. Um, it just hasn't been released yet, but you know, Fran and I were high school teammates. We go way, way back. And uh, you know, he's got some beach experience. He, he was, really good friends and trained with, um, you know, the late Eric Zahn, uh, the AVP who, you know, unfortunately passed a few years ago, but was a, you know, AVP rookie of the year. Fran went out there for a summer and trained him in California. And um, so he's going to bring new ideas to both our indoor and beach side, but, you know, I'm excited because we are have very similar coaching philosophies. I think that's going to make a stronger, more cohesive each unit. Not that we weren't this last year, but I think it's going to take that next level. And so just those, I think those stories will be more plentiful now. And the, the, the trust and confidence piece that we will play with whether we're the best team on the sand or not, because I'm already scheduling us a lot tougher this year than we were last year. Um, you know, so we're going to take our lumps, which is what I want. Like I want that to happen, but the confidence piece and what we want to do, what we think we're capable of doing will be so much higher and he's going to add to that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why I coach, I guess it's a very long winded and it's not one specific story, but it's kind of a, a grouping of just, confidence trust relationship and just being the best people that we can be yeah I, th I think colin and i have both talked about it in multiple episodes but like that 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 is the the key to coaching is being able to care about what you're doing and care about the people that you're impacting because um you're not just spending a couple hours a day with them you're, you're you're spending weeks on weeks on weeks especially during the beach season it happens so fast and they, they got to know that you have their best interests at heart. So hearing that you're, you're developing those relationships and really, really giving into that, that that's awesome to hear. Um, I mean, you know, nine out of the 12 months out of the year, I'm spending more time with them than I am with my family. Um, you know, it's, I, I joke that like, they're all the daughters that I've never had, but it's only kind of a joke because a lot of them are very in, you know, ingrained in my family. My wife knows a lot of them very, very well. Um, and it's just at this point, it's like it's kind of true. Um, and so I, I think of them as that way. Now, you know, the beauty of a family is that you can, when it's a very well connected family, you can be a little bit more, right? You can tell people when they're not getting the job done because while they might not like you in that moment, they always love you. And so, you know, our 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 program is sort of built on that on the indoor side as well. Like this is a very big family atmosphere, but. Um, high standards and and feedback doesn't have to change because it's family you know it can if anything it's it's better because you can be a little bit more blunt and realistic and say look this is this is the beach side of you right now so it's not you as a person i'm not saying because you hit grandma with three straight passes that you shanked that it makes you a bad person right it means that grandma needs a doctor and you got to pass forward <laughs> okay it's not because you're a bad person so let's just separate the two and, and be really close. I think, I think we've established that. And I appreciate that about our group. Yeah. And you, you mentioned all the time that you're given to the program, you're given to your own family. Let's talk about something else that's taken a little bit of your time. The you're, you're the sitting assistant coach for the AVCA board. What, what's it like to be on that? What, what does that mean? Um, what is the AVCA for some people that might not know? Yeah, so the ABCA is the American Volleyball Coaches Association. Um, it is the governing body of all coaches within the United States uh, across all levels. So they've got representatives from you know, D1, D2, D3, 
NAIA JUCO high school club. Um, everybody that coaches is represented on the on the AVCA and on the AVCA board. Um, it covers both the men's and the women's game, you know, all levels. And so, I uh, this this last year I've been on the AVCA assistant coaches committee. Um, so all of these individual reps have committees, and um, I've been on the assistant coaches committee for about five or six or seven. Yeah, I don't actually know how long, but um, they're three year board seats, and so. There's seven, it's a 17 member board, um, for 13 or 14 of which I believe are voting members. And so all the voting members have three year board seats that are voted on by your peers. All ABCA members can vote. And so last year, uh, Emily Cohan at Colorado State, before she was promoted to their head coach after the fall season, she had been the ABCA board representative and she was not going to seek another, another term. And she kind of asked, Hey, is this something that you would be interested in? You've been very involved in the assistant coach committee. I think you'd be good for it. You, know, you have to win an election, so it's not like you're a shoe in um, but is this something you'd be interested in? I said, yeah, I think it is. And not really knowing what all that encompassed. So I ran, I was fortunate enough to win. Um, and so starting uh, January 1st of this year, I took over as the assistant coach representative on the ABCA board of directors, which also comes with running and being the chair of the assistant coach committee. And I wish I'd been able to tell you what all that accomplished, uh, you know, like goes into that when I ran, because the truth is I have absolutely no idea. Uh, but now I'm like, okay. So she tricked you. She got you. You learn, you learn quick and you learn on the job. But what the biggest eye-opening piece to me has been is that the ABCA is involved in reaches of volleyball that you don't even know exist. Like it's just, Everything that has happened, and Kathy DeBoer, who's the outgoing executive director, um, who has been, I think, maybe more so than people even imagine, and and they know that she's been an influential piece in our sport, but, like, what she has done for volleyball, like, beach volleyball as a college sport probably does not exist without Kathy DeBoer. Um, she was making the big push when, when it was still an emerging sport and they needed a championship. It was the ABCA championships. Obviously, the ABCA still hosts the small school championships to give um, D2 and, and below everyone an opportunity to win a championship. But, you know, what Kathy has meant to this sport, what the ABCA means to this sport is just reaching far beyond what anyone I think really realizes. So we had our first, we, we have two board of directors meetings a year, uh, one at the men's final four, one at the women's final four. So I had my first board meeting in uh, late May uh, or early May uh, in Fairfax at the men's final four. And just hearing you know, the, the conversations around what goes into it, you know, integrating our new, um, he was announced as the executive director, but you know, Jamie Gordon from Moorhead will he'll actually be the CEO of the ABCA. Um, we voted for a, a title change just to kind of align with what most nonprofits are doing. Their most senior member is more of a CEO than an executive director these days. So starting July 1st, Jamie Gordon will actually be the CEO of the ABCA. Um, but just hearing kind of, you know, what everyone is talking about within their scope of the sport because everyone is represented on the board d1 men's you know, d1 d2 men's d3 men's and then everybody all beyond but where i didn't realize the power of the board and specifically the power of my position was when in the board meeting you're asked to give an update on your constituency and so in that moment it was me talking on behalf of every assistant coach in america across every level across college club high school everything like every assistant coach falls into my realm um so i don't i'm not even gonna pretend to know the number of people that that represented but it's a lot and it's more than me and it's it's more than you know, what maybe i feel like i should be able to speak on behalf of so what it taught me is a couple things it taught me that um one the scope of my position is even greater in that moment than i think i'd even realized because i worked so closely with a lot of just division one coaches. That's the majority of what makes up my committee. Everyone's represented, but the majority, 85, 87% is division one coaches. Um, but I'm speaking on behalf of everyone. And so it taught me that you know, I, I need to do a better job now that I'm in this role and, and kind of realize what it encompasses of reaching out and making myself available to everyone that needs you know, maybe a voice within the assistant realm. Um, but it's also given me a great pulse of kind of where the assistant falls within today's college landscape because burnout is real. 
um, the ability to feel your worth all the time as an assistant is hard when you're seeking through the hours and through sometimes the very low pay, sometimes the no pay, um, you know, of just, I want to do this because I love it, but where's my light at the end of the tunnel? And I think every assistant at some point has had that thought of, if I want to go here, what are the sacrifices that I need to make here, 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 and here to get there? Well, that's a longer path. The path to go from assistant to head is usually longer than the path to go from maybe head to another head. And so now I've got to speak and get a pulse and see how people are feeling across that whole stretch from the people that just come into the game as assistants that have the long road ahead of them. So maybe the people that are at the tail end of their assistant career and about to be that head coach and hopefully stay there um, to the people who feel like they're ready to make that jump to the people who don't, because you know, what we don't want to happen is all these assistants get into the game. Someone makes a move that maybe seems like a good idea too early. They either get burnt out or they're not prepared. They lose their job and then they get out of coaching. We don't want to lose coaches. We want to gain coaches. And so, you know, arming, the assistance of the country with better information and, and being a little bit more better informed um, is now kind of what I view as like my point one on my job description. Um, yes, it's to vote within ABCA matters. And yes, it's to run our assistant coach committee and make sure that everyone knows what's happening within the scope of NCAA and the ABCA. But really it's to make sure that we're continuing to grow as a sport. Um, we have grown in membership in the ABCA every year. We have grown in opportunity that our sport provides, but we've got to grow in people getting better and feeling like they're getting something out of it or else they get burned out and they leave the sport. And that's the last thing we want. So I guess heavy is the head that wears the crown. I'm not going to say I'm wearing a crown, but I am saying that, I, um, yeah, that I'm up to the, the challenge and I've really enjoyed what the position has provided me in six months so far. I've got two and a half years left on my term. Um, you know, let's hope it's that they're good ones and that I can, do what I say and not just, you know, say it um, because you got to walk the walk too if you're going to talk the talk. But um, it's been a very powerful and, and empowering position so far. I really enjoyed it. The ABCA is a, a miraculous organization. If you're not a member, I highly, highly encourage it. So many resources. The price structure is changed based on, you know, it's cheaper for a high school coach to get in. You're the ones you know, that, you, that we want. That's the biggest number of coaches, yet our fewest number of, of members in the ABCA. So we want high school coaches. We want club coaches. But also we want everyone that wants to better themselves as a coach, which I hope if you're doing it for the right reasons that you want that, um, that we're not too proud to, to ask for help. Um, because I think the second that we ask for help is when doors start to open um, through mentors, through just getting better through making your teams better and ultimately providing the best experience for your players. So I will jump off my soapbox now about the ABCA and my role in it, because that was a lot of words, but it's something that I'm really passionate about. I've really enjoyed my time doing that. Um, and it's just a fantastic organization within our sport. There's also a discount for beach coaches out there. Uh, I just, sure I just renewed a couple weeks ago and it was much cheaper than when I was an indoor coach. So uh, that, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Membership. <laughs> no, I think, I think, that role, like, like you said, you probably had no clue what you were getting into when you, and like coming up as an assistant coach and you know, everything. I, I didn't know there was somebody in that role until I started doing more research into it and like understanding, because I think any assistant coach, even any head coach can go out there and they'll give you hundreds of stories of, uh, what it was like to be an assistant, what it was like to actually be a coach. And most of those are those horror stories at the time, but end up being really funny afterwards. But there, there are always some sort of learning moments in there. And I think that's something that you're trying to do is catch all those learning moments on the front end and then distribute to all 600, 700, 800 assistant coaches throughout the country at all these different levels. And that, that is a really unique and really hard thing to do, I would think. Um, because, I mean... You you have so much, so many voices that you're speaking for at these meetings and with new new programs being added, new sports even, like when Beach was added in 2015, 2016, like that, that grouped in a whole new set of assistant coaches. And now with the new NCAA rules of growing the coaching staffs, now, now you're not doing a volunteer, but now you have three assistants for indoor, you have two assistants for Beach. Now you're just adding on to your plate there. So that 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 is something super, super um it's it's a one 
once in a lifetime job, but you have so much responsibility. And like you said, you have your family, you have two teams now that you're coaching. Like that's, that's quite a bit. So I applaud you on all of that that you're doing. Yeah. I don't know if it's a character flaw or it's a benefit of mine or what, but like my inability to say no to things is just very prevalent. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that soon I'm at the point of my career where I can say no and feel good about it, but I just don't feel like I've ever been there. You know, like I'm, I'm all about trying to grow myself and grow through things and just, yes, am I putting too much on my plate? Almost always. Um, but you know, I just, I haven't said no to a whole lot, but that's also opened a lot of doors for me. And so, you know, I'm hoping that this is another one. Um, I want to put in the best three year term I can. I will tell you now that I probably will not run for reelection two and a half years um, <laughs> because it is just a lot. And I'll, I want to leave it for someone else who also is passionate about it. You know, I don't want to hoard that from anybody that is really pumped about that. So I will enjoy my time doing it. I will hopefully do the best job that I can and we'll go from there. I can second that Zach doesn't like to say no to a lot of things. Um, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember the first time that we met but it was at a camp out in Vegas and you, you had just left UNLV. I was a young kid coming into Vegas for the first time ever. And I was like, I want to go experience this place. And I knew you had been there. So I was like, Hey, Hey, how about you come out and show us around? And you're like, no, no, it's not really my scene. I just want to go back. To the... I got you to come out and you showed yeah. us around a little bit. And yeah, that, that was a good time. Good time. that night. Yeah. And I do remember that because I did that, I think I won like 200 bucks on a, on a roulette machine that night. But hey, you know what? Everything happens for a reason, right? There you go. There you go. No, it, go ahead, Colin. I was just going to say, Zach, thanks for kind of popping on and giving a little insight into that ABCA. Um, of course, I, all I'm thinking about when you mention your board meetings is, uh, man, how's he going to make the NCAA Beach Championships and the ABCA board meetings if they're at the same time in two different places? So Yeah. Um, well, Beth Van Fleet was not at our meeting um, for that very reason. You know, she isn't. She's the beach representative on the ABCA board. And, um, usually, her and Dan Friend, who's the head men's coach at Lewis, um, usually one of those two are not there because it's the final four for both, and they're both very fortunate to have great programs, and they do a, a spectacular job. And um, so this year, unfortunately for him, I guess Dan was present, but uh, but Beth was not. So. Yeah, the, the push to, to split those two and get them on different weekends is very real. Um, it's going to be better for our sport. There's big challenges that come with that from if we want the airtime for both, uh, that you know keeping them on the same weekend is maybe more valuable for airtime, but not for the actual sport. So we've got to balance the, the growth there and, and things happening around it. Um, college softball, while you know, us in the volleyball world feel like maybe we're a little bit bigger, college softball viewership for the college, Women's College World Series is massive massive and it, and it carries a lot of airtime among the spring sports so that's not something that i think we want to compete with which would happen should we push our seasons back so all of those things are things that get discussed within those meetings and hopefully you know, places that we move to along the way um but yeah i'm hoping that i get to miss the spring meeting one year um i hope i get to miss it both times that means i'm in an NCAA. you know we have indoor final four too if we're in an indoor final four at tennessee tech then we did something really good um, so <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome you heard it here first. Zach's calling NCAA Final Four for Tennessee Tech. That's what I, that's all I heard. Goals are goals, right? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> now, thank you for coming on and sharing some stories. Uh, I know, Colin, you got some current events for us um, that's going on right now. Yeah, uh, I mean, we're recording this a little bit before. This is coming out June 28th, I think. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's still quite a few beach assistant coaching positions open. Um, Texas just announced uh, Will Buchanan as their other assistant for Beach. I'm uh, pretty sure that's the first program to officially announce two full-time assistants, um, Angie Akers being their first. So big things over at Texas. Um, I'm hearing that some assistant jobs might be nearing the end. Uh, Loyola Marymount has been looking for a little bit since Angie took the Texas job. And uh, I think Triple J over there at UCLA is narrowing on some candidates. Um, finally, a more personal one. Uh, since it is coming out on June 28th, that happens to be a good friend's birthday. Happy B-Day to Jordan Chang, Jay Chang. Um, if you don't know who that is, he is married to Kelly Chang um, on the AVP and FIVB tour. Uh, he helped coach Kelly and her partner, Sarah, uh, to the Sarah Sponsel to the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. Um, so hoping that guy's having a great day. Probably busy coaching some volleyball, if I had to take a guess. 
<laughs> Happy birthday. Um, and then schedule's coming up. Um, I got some camps coming up. We're, we're now heading into July. Still got the July 14th, 15th, and then July 28th, 29th, and then into August. We have one camp date in August here at ULM. You can sign up online, Google Michael Hobson Beach Camps. It will come up. Um, Colin, where, where are you at? Yeah, so the weekend uh, this comes out, Silver Beach in Austin, Texas, uh, doing a clinic on Friday, and then there's a BBCA Paris Championship, or not Paris, but a team competition the next day, and then head to Chicago for USA Indoors, and then head straight from Chicago to LA for uh, AVP Nationals, so excited to, and that'll be tied up with the pro event, so pretty jazzed about that weekend. Zach, where are you off to? Any uh, any big big trips planned? Yeah. No big trips planned. Uh, before I talk about my schedule, I do. I want to add one shout out to your current event. Uh, Joe Kramer, who is the assistant at Tulane for Beach, just took the Stanford job. That's another uh, Maccabi alum right there. We were in Israel together last summer, so she was the uh, the opening beach or indoor or youth beach coach, uh, assistant coach there, former national champ at USC. She knows what she's talking about. She's going to be a, a nice benefit to Stanford, but. Um, no, my schedule. I'm not going recruiting anywhere. I'm I'm stuck here in Cookville until uh, a little exciting piece of you know, baby number two arriving July 13th. There so, you go. Congratulations uh, to the maternity ward, right? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna have a little baby girl uh, July 13th. So we're uh, really excited about that. We're gonna add to the craziness. Nothing like that. We're gonna have a kid a month before the season starts. Um, <laughs> but actually, the due date was the original due date was July 26th, and so it was gonna be like a week and a half before preseason. So I'm glad that. As a scheduled C-section, hopefully we're, we're praying for a smooth sailing there. Uh, yeah. Because childbirth is still a, a very scary and crazy thing in this country, despite the fact that we're so medically advanced. But, you know, here we go. So, yeah, maybe number two. I mean, we're, I don't have any hair left to lose, but if I could, <laughs> it'd be gone. Looking forward to not sleeping and just getting, you know, getting her integrated into our family before the season starts. Question for you. Are you allowed to call your players the daughter that you never had now? Yeah, they're probably going to have to be like the cool ants mm. uh, because they're just, yeah. Or I'm about to have my 16th kid, however you look at it. Um, yeah. you know, but no, it's there. I'm, I'm, I was really excited to have a boy first and have him grow up around a bunch of really strong, empowered females to be a great example for him. The team loves him. They've embraced him. Um, having a, a girl just feels a little bit different because now it's like they get, she is someone who, she can tangibly look up to a lot of someone's she can tangibly look up to. Um, I've been in programs where, you know, kids were very involved running around the gym. They were part of the program and I've just, it's been nothing but good things. And so I'm, I'm really excited for, for that, for, for my family to grow in that way to integrate. Her name will be Ellie, Eliana Grace. And so for Ellie to get into the program and just kind of meet our players and go from there. Yeah. Congratulations so, yeah. with that. And uh, we will be praying for you and, you know, good wishes for that family. Um, coming up, juniors, uh, you can go on the avpaamerica.com for tournaments, events. They have a lot of that stuff posted there. Um, AVP coming up. I want to give out a quick uh, shout out to the Sandcast because they do a lot of great AVP interviews. Um, they, they talk a little bit about the Olympic scene. They, they talk about that pro scene a lot and um, they do a really great job, but for AVP events coming up this weekend, uh, you got Denver Open June 30th to July 2nd, and then Hermosa Beach Open's coming up July 7th to the 9th. Um, I know there's a, a juniors tournament going on alongside that. Um, how about Elite 16? Yeah, so uh, I was going to say the, the Sandcast boys, Travis and, and Try, uh, T Rise. Probably not going to be at Hermosa, um, but I'll be sending good vibes to him and Stad for the Elite 16. Probably the most beautiful uh, international tournament that there is. Um, after that, there's a Challenger Series in Espino, Portugal. And so those will have some pretty high-level competition. You can check that out on VBTV. Yeah, and then um, we, we've really appreciated having you on, Zach. Um, thank you for coming on, telling your story, being able to show us what it looks like for a first-time program, first-time beach coach, and uh, hopefully uh, we can we can do this again sometime. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on, and thanks for you know adding a a piece of content in the sport that we needed. And, you know, college coverage is just 
it seems like it's always lacking, even though it also seems like it's so prevalent um, because in this country, we're fortunate enough to be like beaten over the head with college sports coverage, yet there's always a need for more. Um, and so thanks for you know covering this space for, for the college beach game. And um, you know, excited to see how you both continue to grow your programs and, uh, and where you take this podcast. So thanks for having me. Thrilled to be here. Honored to, that, that you asked and uh, hopefully it provided, you know, something that was even slightly tangible for someone to grab onto uh, over the last little bit here. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you.